Hi there. Welcome to the Fresh Business Thinking podcast with me, Finlay Kerr. This is a fresh thinking episode. And the topic today is the future of news. And I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by a panel of experts to discuss that. Adam Morris, Director of Shorthand PR. Hi, Adam. Yeah. I've got Shane Herath, Founder and CEO of London Inc. Great to be here, Finlay. Thank you. Hi, Shane. And Sankit Mali, Founder and CEO of The Viewpod. Hello, guys. Hey, Sankit. Guys, really appreciate you, you coming on. And um, I'll you know, ask you in, in turn what your thoughts are on the future of news. And obviously, it's a pretty big topic, but hopefully um, fairly topical as well. You know, um, in, these, in these times uh, that we've seen some massive changes. But um, Sankit, I'm using the app I, I, and, I, and I love it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I understand it is news as audio bites. Yeah. But it also allows you to share your views um, as a user. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about it in your own words. Yeah, sure. So the viewport is a concept where you can express your views, your opinions, and it centers around the current events. So nowadays, everybody is following the news. So everybody's aware of what's happening around them. Basically, the smartphone has made us everybody a reporter. So if you go to Twitter, anybody can say, oh, this is what is happening. This is what I think. All is good. But what happens is we have found there is a gap or an opportunity where people can still express themselves better. So if you go through all these news or all your uh, Twitters and TikToks, you can just send your message through text. There's no way that you can express your emotions. So that is one aspect we are handling through the view pod. So on the view pod, we'll give short audio news so that people are aware of what's happening. They can listen to the quick news. Uh, it's a small news uh, summary of around half a minute to one minute. You get updated on what's happening. And we have an intuitive voice recording feature wherein you can record your audio views. So you can basically express yourself better. Then the second aspect that we are trying to address is the podcasting features. So if you see the current podcasting platforms, you need certain technical knowledge or have to have some kind of knowledge around sound and uh, changing it or some kind of technology around it. But what we will be doing in our next release, which will be within six to eight months uh, from now, we will be giving simple podcasting tools so that any user can create an audio content for himself. So we are basically aspiring to be the YouTube of audio. Wow, the YouTube of audio, yeah. um, big aspirations, but but quite right for you because you know to me it sounds like you are almost creating a new category, so really exciting. But yeah, it is. It, it maybe Adam, maybe a little bit alarming. Um, you know, Sankit says that everybody can be a reporter now, and you know, obviously as a former journalist and um, press officer now running your own PR agency. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it sounds exciting and there's definitely a, a huge gap in the market. Um, as, as Sankit said, you, you have a, we, we live in a world where anyone can do anything now um, and broadcast it to the world. Um, I, I guess 
there, there would be, I mean, maybe, maybe there's an answer to this, but um, as somebody that's trained in journalism, it's a, it's a very difficult trade to learn. Uh, you know, you can learn it through college university, but you actually learn for years on the job how to, how to communicate. Um, would, would there be sort of legal checks and so on? So say, for instance, there's a, a breaking court case and somebody turns up at the court with their camera uh, or indeed their, their phone and, and, and blurts out something. Um, that would be in contempt of court or something defamatory. Is, is there? Would you have checks? Would there be a sort of editorial process, um, or, or is it like YouTube where anyone can sort of upload anything and then it's up to the, the consumer to, to decide whether or not um, they accept that as a as a legitimate piece of news? Yeah. So to start with, we have a mechanism where you can report any content that you find offensive or inappropriate. So you could email to us. But going forward, when we have more resources, we will be putting some AI in place where we can uh, find out what audio is inappropriate or certain kind of words or certain kind of uh, content that is not proper. It could be flagged immediately. And then that uh, release could be stopped or the user will not be able to post it uh, itself. So we will have some structure in place where we can block certain countries. And presumably over time, the, the vision is that the more, the, the better someone was at this, uh, the more listeners they would have and the better a reputation they would gain. So you would almost be, it, 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 it would eventually sort itself out. So if, if you looked and somebody mm -hmm. had, had filed X number of reports, which was listened to X thousands or millions mm -hmm. of people, you sort of know that it's, it, it's going to be of good quality. Is, is that the idea? Yes, that, that's how it will work. So if uh, content from a certain user is constantly being flagged, we could blacklist him or her. And if there are contents where people appreciate what is coming through from that user, then we will obviously boost that post or that user so that it has better coverage and he gets better coverage as well. And the way I understand it as well, Sanka, is that it's, it's kind of a hybrid just now in the first instance in that there's professionally created news and that's um curated for you um you know because because adam don't get us wrong we we respect your trade and and your training and i think you make a good point technology is great but all of a sudden everyone thinks that they're um you know a professional photographer or videographer or or whatever it is and, and those trades still have to be um respected now um, Shane, I know that you are, um, you know, living and breathing technology, um, but your standpoint is that we should be considering the sustainability issues maybe more alongside the technological advances. Is it fair to say? Well, it is a call to shape our approach to technology with sustainability and sustainable innovation. We have been hearing about, for example, the enormous carbon footprint of the internet. If it's software, as an example, the way a piece of software is designed, developed and deployed can have a major impact on energy consumption. When we use or design technology, we have to be mindful of the environmental impact, CO2 emissions, and not forgetting broader social and economic sustainability. Quoting Robert Swan, the historian, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. Finlay, we need to take collective responsibility. 
Yeah, no, those those are absolutely valid valid points. And so I know that you have, have got an ecosystem through London Inc. and you like to support um, technology entrepreneurs. And um, do, do you think we could be doing more um, more of that um, in the UK? Most definitely, Finlay. Well, we advocate a more sustainable and responsible form of entrepreneurship. We believe that you can make a positive impact on society and the environment without sacrificing returns. And that's a very important distinction. You can be both commercially successful, profitable, and bring about social change. Let's put it this way, as a society, we have a duty to support sustainable innovators and entrepreneurs. Technology is very much part of the solution. It is about creating a social movement in in supporting entrepreneurship that is shaped by environment, social and governance considerations and sustainability. Uh, Through our work, we've been lucky enough to work with a number of entrepreneurs, be more sustainably responsible, help them develop their tech solutions and make a positive impact. Through London Inc., the Sustainable Innovation Ecosystem, we work with with the select founders, startups, also tech companies, who are on board and we're creating new markets and creating a social movement in the process. Of course, it's been challenging and uh, at the same time, really exciting as well as a journey. Good, great. Great work. Um, Adam, maybe coming back to this this main theme, but picking up on a couple of things that, that Shane says there about supporting entrepreneurs, um, you know, looking for new business models that are at the same time sustainable. Um, you know, does, does the changing technology actually offer as many opportunities for, for the news? And, you know, I'm using that in quite a broad broad sense does it maybe offer opportunities for young entrepreneurs for example yes uh, what the newspaper ind- or the, the news industry generally has done very badly uh, is move with the times i mean if you think how newspapers adjusted to the internet their answer was to take their product which they sold and put it up online for free and they didn't just do it for months they've done that for so some of them still do it and it hasn't worked obviously because the industry is in decline and I think there's a handful of publications which have made a success of the subs- subscription model. The Times have, but it's taken them a long time um, to turn that to turn that into anything. So they need to buck up their ideas, and something needs to happen now. I mean, publishers all over the world are scratching their head, wondering how do we make money out of journalism anymore when people expect it for for nothing. So everyone should be looking for that next thing. And, and I think what what Sankit uh, is working on sounds like it could have that potential just to drive more of an audience to somehow find a way to turn that into revenue, which at the end of the day is for the people who are, who are producing the work. Because presumably you could, if you were a journalist for, for, for a main newspaper, you could actually be part of Sankit's project, much in the way as journalists are on Twitter and share their stories on Twitter, because they could use that as a driver for their own reputation and their own, um, their own publication, I guess. Um, so, so something needs to happen. Um, and quickly, otherwise, these, these publications are going to go out of business and there'll be nothing to replace them. 
that's that's a uh, if if I may jump in, I mean that was a very valid point uh, that uh, Adam Adam brought up, and uh, that resonates really well with me. I mean, what I uh, saw was that there's a there's a sense of uh, inclusivity in that business model where you basically you're including everyone in the business model, and uh, that's I think is 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 very relevant right now, and there's a movement for it as well, and people it's it's something that relates. Quite well with the uh, with the, with the public uh, right now with the, with the with the challenges that we faced uh, the the world faced uh, and the pandemic and the whole sort of uh, shift that we've seen has increased that sort of consciousness around some of these things and also I see uh, quite a lot of diversity in that as well um, and giving everyone a voice almost sort of like uh, democratizing that entire space so it's it's a very novel approach uh, in that regard. I think you've picked up on on some of those those points that were maybe the drivers behind your idea. Maybe you you could um, tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. So one of the thing that uh, you were talking about, like sustainability, or even in the pandemic, some mental health issues and all those things. So there is one aspect that we could address through the viewport. We have been in touch, or we were talking to some of the therapists who have all this audio content, or they talk to people on the phone and all those things. So that we could make available for free for anybody to hear on our platform. And there is an interest from such therapists to get their content on board. So this is one aspect we are exploring as well. That you know that that's good. I mean, and, and that's the sort of um, modern thinking that we need, isn't it? Just now. To, to say, well, okay, this is what I've got and I can share it using technology to, to benefit everyone. And so, so what I was getting at was, you know, that, that seed of an idea, and it often starts, doesn't it? You know, um, YouTube, you know, um, came from an idea. Um, so, so what was it? What, what triggered you to say, did you see an opportunity or something that needed changed? And what, what was the, the driver? Yeah, so, so the first thing is many times us friends were discussing a lot of stuff. And the one thing constantly came up was we are not able to exactly say what we want to say. So again, I'm going back to the text version. So on Twitter, I have to write something. So if I write, I'm not happy, it doesn't give me the sounds or doesn't give me the emotions. And so that's one thing we were trying to address. Another thing is I, I use that in my pitch as well. So we were watching a football match and it was muted in the uh, pub. So we could just see the screen. We could never hear the sound. So it wasn't giving us any effect. But if you hear it with the sounds, there are emotions to it. So that's where it clicked. And we said, yeah, there is something. And then people, they have YouTube. So there's a YouTube for everybody to express themselves, but not everybody is confident coming on a video and talking about something. So we wanted to have a specialized platform. And in the current status, the podcasts are getting popular. So the popularity of podcasts is increasing. And the other aspects that we are targeting is the short version of the audio content. So nowadays, yes, especially young people, they'll be, they don't have patience as such. So they listen to something, watch something, and then just swipe or go on to the next thing. So we want to cover the message or the content in short audio so that you just listen to it and go to the next one. So people get the good experience. That's quite an interesting point because um, you say people aren't confident 
uh, always confident on video. A lot of people aren't confident writing text either. I mean, if you if you go even just go to any anyone's Facebook page, there's a lot of people they don't they don't punctuate very well. They don't um, they're just not good writing communicators. But turn that into a voice, and it can suddenly be really really effective. Yes, yeah, that, that that's exactly what we are trying to get out of people. And without using lots of emojis or exclamation marks, it's that emotion that comes through in the voice as well. So you know, I I think there's there, there's lots of great great elements to it. If I can come back just quickly, Sangha, to something you said there about um, the, the 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 differences in age age groups, possibly, um, and you know, not wanting to sound too much like like an old man. Um, you know, you've identified some differences there. Do, do you think that the ViewPod ha will have a younger audience? Like, you know, mass generalization that TikTok is for a, a younger age group. Um, or do you think there's different pockets of different age groups that, that could benefit? Yeah, I think it is beneficial to everyone because what our vision is to get content in a varied kind of uh, or a variety of content so it should be uh, applicable to any age group but uh, you're right to start with it will be mostly the young population because they are more hooked on to technology they will try more new things so as we go on to the older generations they will uh, take up or adopt any technology once it is popular or somebody is asking them to use it. But by that time, we would like to have content which is appropriate to that age group as well. So to start with, we will be mostly concentrating on young audience, young professionals, and then work our way up through the content. Okay, that makes sense. And, and Shane, that brings me back to something that you said earlier about it being quite democratic, that you, you could see how you know this could be um, open to all, possibly. Now, um, I know mass generalization, but um, have you seen maybe in, in, in other technological advances or, or other um, businesses within your ecosystem where maybe maybe an older demographic, for example, is, is benefiting that maybe once wasn't? Well, um, with regards to uh, how technology changing some of these aspects and then and, and also sort of sharing of control as well because it was sort of kind of pushed down if you like the, the, the kind of the uh, the traditional model of uh, uh, you know that that, that that operated where here whereby here we are seeing a movement where it, it's been sort of a bit more leveled in that in that approach and with the right governance in place that the, the point that uh, Adam, Adam brought up uh, it could uh, you know take a very interesting form and um, I like the idea uh, in that regard where that, that responsibility is shared and then finding the balance with regards to that business model and, um, and adding value and, and a new dimension as to how we relate to news, how we consume news. Uh, and uh, and, and, and that, that, that change is uh, quite, quite novel, quite different, quite innovative, I found. And, uh, and we see that, you know, uh, you know, in, uh, other examples. I mean, uh, for example, very, very uh, interesting uh, project done by London School of uh, Economics in terms of uh, uh, their work on, on journalism. Like they formed this uh, journalism AI collab uh, and uh, 
Aijo uh, project is called and um, using AI, for example, to spot uh, gender biases. So using, so the, this AI engine uh, goes through different content, looks at some of the text or imagery and then uh, picks uh, uh, or spots uh, where certain sort of uh, gender bias that could exist. So to kind of find that kind of, so it's sort of like, a, you, know, you, know, you could think of it as creating of a, a check kind of balance, if you like, you know, using or le leveraging AI to, mm -hmm. to, to, to find that balance. So there are interesting, a lot of interesting sort of uh, activities happening. DBC is doing some work uh, on, on certain areas. You could also see the speech text kind of stuff that's happening um, and people using more of uh, artificial intelligence, uh, immersive tech as well, using AI. So, uh, and smart glasses, the, the whole landscape's changing. Um, so a lot of advances around that, but with, with all of these things, it's, a, it's, it's, it's about finding the balance as well and, and getting it to connect with the audiences and uh, from a governance as well as the, the, the other kind of broader uh, um, uh, areas, it ought to be uh, balanced as well. Uh, for example, diversity and inclusivity and doing these things in a much more uh, responsible sort of manner um, is, 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 uh, is, I guess, is the, um, the key consideration or should be. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know um, how technological you are yourself, uh, Adam, but, um, you know, Shane's come back a couple of times to this phrase of, of, of balance, and that's sometimes within a, within a business, within the business model, and, you know, in terms of sustainability, um, and that's that's key, isn't it, in presenting news? Because uh, I, I I sense that behind every opportunity with artificial intelligence, there's potential pitfall as well, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think that all those issues that that she mentioned are important. I still think the best way to achieve balance and that sort of thing is is through trained human being employees checking articles. You know, an article that gets written. Or, or a piece gets published, it then gets checked by someone else, and then preferably someone else again, you know, a three-stage editorial process, like, like which was always the case with newspapers. What we're seeing now with online journalism is somebody will write up a story, um, it, it might not get checked by anyone else before it gets thrown up online, and, um, you know, that causes a lot of problems. So maybe AI has a role to play, but I, I do think that ideally it's, it's human beings you need to check for quality and things like that. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. But I think you, right up top, you, you kind of presented the commercial problems that um, traditional newspapers have faced. So, so I guess that's been a reaction, isn't it, to try and do it quickly and and with on lower cost. But but you also made an interesting point, um, you know, picking up on uh, the viewpoint and and how it could work. Um, and, and I was fascinated by this because it could become almost a hybrid between traditional news. So you, you have a journalist who creates the piece, but then it also almost becomes phone-in radio because you've got an engagement with whoever originally created the piece and their community who um, may be engaged or maybe even polarised. So I guess, Sankit, you would maybe quite like that if, if you found that people um, build a, a bit of a community around their own content and then hopefully a grown-up discussion um, ensues. Yeah, of course. So one of the areas that I always talk of when this point comes up 
Sama comes up is football. So football is one thing that everybody is interested in and everybody will have his view. So uh, yeah, wherever people have their interests, they could have the community, they could have their followers kind of things and they can discuss with them around their interests. So it could be anything like I gave an example of football. It could be technology. It could be food. It could be anything. So you you just put your content out saying this is what I like. This is what I do. And this is my view. And people can come back and start discussing with you. So it's kind of an interaction between your community and yourself. So that, that's how the platform should be used going forward as well. You know, that, that's exciting. I, and I can imagine mm-hmm. some of these organizations or groups, fan groups, tribes, call them what, what you yeah, will. Yeah. Um, that, that would be really interesting. I, yeah. I don't know if I'd be brave enough. I think pro- I'll probably stick with politics and religion rather than getting into football, um, not knowing everyone's persuasion here, if that's <laughs> all right. Um, listen, this, this has been a great conversation. I think um, it maybe gives us the opportunity to develop some some other ideas, maybe come back and, and hear on your progress or, or invite. Yeah. Um, Adam and Shane to to give us some other insights um, later on, but um, you know, good luck. Um, I understand um, that you're going to be launching soon. Tell us where where could we find the Viewpod app? Yeah, so the app is currently available on Apple and Google. So on both Play Store and the App Store, you could find it if you search for the Viewpod, and you can download it. It's very easy to install, uh, two quick steps, and you can start listening to the content on there. We are officially launching on the 30th, so there will be some kind of event around that date, but the app is now available on the stores. So this is um, perfect, 30th of, of March, it'll be in the usual app stores. Um, thanks to you, Sankit, for sharing that. A lovely, lovely case study, and again, we wish you all the best. Adam. Thank you, Finley. Thanks for this. And thank you, Adam and Shane. Adam, Shane, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your views uh, with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes.